Hi, and welcome to Unfailing Love with Kim. If you haven't got your cup of coffee yet, go ahead and put me on pause, go pour yourself a cup, and meet me on the couch. So last week, I talked to you about not giving up on your marriage. And I talked to you about how you need to love your spouse regardless of whether they returned it, that you had to just keep loving them through actions and through deed. And I talked to you about the first step is to say absolutely nothing negative to your spouse. And as I have pondered that since and let that kind of settle, I realize that I have no idea how you feel because I'm on the other end of it. And today I'm going to, we're just going to talk. I'm going to be pretty vulnerable with you and, and talk to you about what that was like for me. And if you go back to our story earlier on in the podcast this year, my husband and I walked through some of that together, um, on one of the weeks. But I want to talk to you about where I'm at and why I'm so passionate about this podcast and about reaching out to those of you who may need, who may need to just have that, that push to, to really work on the marriage instead of just fighting your spouse. Because what you really need to be doing is fighting for your spouse and for your marriage. But what we end up doing is we end up fighting our, our spouse. And it ends up destroying our marriage and why we find it so easy to fall into that that battle between each other I really don't know other than I think we leave an opening and the enemy comes in and we just allow it but we can do something about it we have to do something about it because there's far too many people living miserable lives either married and ready to throw in the towel or divorced, maybe remarried again and ready to throw in the towel or maybe twice or three or four times divorced. Our kids live in one home one week, one home another week, or maybe they don't even see one of their parents. We can't allow the destruction of our family to keep happening. We were in that, that place and you know, we were so in love, so in love. We got engaged three weeks after we met crazy, but we waited a year to get married and we just were crazy about each other. didn't want to be apart from each other for a minute. We never fought. We tried to make each other happy. And I mentioned last week, and I think the week before about how when we're in that place where we feel all giddy and in love, those feelings drive our actions. So when we feel really good in the beginning of a relationship, we want to be kind and loving and really treat that other person with love and respect with kindness with gentleness but as that that emotional peace begins to fade because life comes in and life throws curveballs 
And as that feeling tends to dissipate, we, we then need to put actions that drive that feeling back. And it may not be the exact feeling, but I will tell you it's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling to be married 33 years and know your husband loves you unconditionally and that he would do anything for you. And that's where I am now. And I never thought that would be the case. We lived for years where all we did was fight. Our feelings hurt so badly that all we could do, we thought, was fight back. I got hurt, so I needed to hurt him. And in that, our children, our children were suffering. And then that fateful day when him and God came to an agreement, he went to that retreat telling God that he needed to change his heart or he was going to be done. And he showed up there and as many times as he went to the same men's retreat, it's never been, was never this way again. Every single session was on marriage. And as you are trying to love your spouse and being treated poorly in return, I want you to think about all the times that your spouse was hurt. I'm not diminishing how how many times you were hurt. I want you right now just to think about your spouse. Think selflessly about your spouse and how many times they've been hurt by you. I know that you've been hurt by them too. Oh, I know. But if this is going to work, you need to focus on changing you so as not to hurt them again. Now, we all make mistakes and we all hurt each other a little bit here and there, but not the kind of hurt that most marriages are dwelling in. Not the yelling and screaming and swearing and hurtful things being flung back and forth threats of leaving. Not that kind of hurt. I want you to think about that and think about how her heart or his heart is just broken because they don't even know the person they married anymore. It's the same for you, I know. You don't know that person you married anymore. But if you follow this through without compromise, then you will find not only that person you married, but a stronger, more beautiful, more loving person on the other side. But it's not going to happen this week or next, this month or next. It could be a year or more before it happens. But if you are a constant, continual, unfailing love in their life, it will happen. 
Everyone craves to be loved. And you can only, in your hurt, deny that you're being loved so long. I denied it for a full year. There'd been so much hurt on both sides. But I was selfish at the time, and all I could see was my side. And in my mind, all I could think of how much has he hurt me. Not how much I hurt him, but how much he has hurt me. Because it was all about me then. And you need to be the bigger person right now if you're taking the first step here. And you need to be that selfless love that they need. And in turn, one day, they will be that selfless love that you need. But somebody has to start it. Somebody has to love the other first. And as the person who denied it for so long, I am so thankful that my husband never gave up loving me. From that moment at that men's retreat, he made a decision. He made a decision and he made a covenant with God then that he would love me no matter what. Well, that's hard. No matter what I said, no matter what I did, he was going to love me through action, through word, through lack of action, meaning lack of hurtfulness. I need to collect myself for a minute and <clears throat> I'm going to have the verse of the week up. If you need a refill, go ahead and get it. Meet me back on the couch and we'll continue this discussion. Hi, and welcome to our verse of the week. So this week, um, I am going to read to you John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And I I love this, this passage Partly because I just love being reminded how much he loves us and that we need to love others. But on top of that, verse 35 says, By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And so many people say when they hear making disciples, that we are to make disciples. And our church says we're, we make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Because that's true. It's kind of like the, the rock dropped in the, in the river. There's ripples, and if there's not the first ripple, then the second ripple won't happen either. So be the first ripple. Love others, and in doing so, you are discipling them. Loving other people and living life with them and being there for them, that's what discipleship is all about. It's not about being a great the theologian. Yes, read your word, pray, 
worship, all those things. But you do not have to be this great theologian that has every scripture memorized and knows the entire Bible back and backwards and forwards. You don't have to have that to be a disciple. You just have to have love for one another. And that's also how we get to show who God is, right? We get to show who Christ is on earth today because he has taught us to love. And so when we love others, that gives people a vision of who Christ is. Now, will we be Christ-like? We strive towards it, but no, Christ is always going to be Christ. But he has commanded us to love one another. So go out this week and love one another. Blessings. Hi, and welcome back to Unfailing Love with Kim. Today we're settling in and just talking about loving your spouse unconditionally. And I'm talking about being on the other end, the one receiving that love for so long before I finally turned my love and affection back towards my husband. I don't know. At the beginning, my husband came to me and said, tell me everything you don't like about me, everything about me that annoys you. And you just ask him and he'll tell you it was an hour, two hours, something like that. And I'm sure it was, because there wasn't much I liked about him at all. We'd had a rough few years where we had beaten each other down in every direction. We threw hurtful words. We yelled, we screamed. We cursed. And then this day when he decided that he was going to challenge God to change him. I ask you to challenge God to change you. To change you into the, the husband or wife that your spouse needs. I challenge you to ask God to change you, to be able to love like he loves, to love your spouse with that unconditional, unwavering kind of love. And I don't mean a feeling, I mean action, I mean word, I mean every time you turn around that you're helping your spouse, that you're complimenting your spouse, that you're doing something nice for your spouse that you're taking captive those words that will hurt them those thoughts that you get that are negative that will take them right back to where you were before this all started i think that's why it took me so long is because every once in a while every once in a great while 
there'd be a little snap in his voice. And I'd be like, "Uh aha, he hasn't changed. But he had that small little thing in his voice that showed his irritation. It didn't stop him from loving me. We can, we can be irritated with each other. Irritation is not a lack of love. But when we're yelling and screaming and tearing each other down, instead of loving and encouraging each other up, that's the difference between loving. You need to be encouraging your spouse. You need to be stopping those negative thoughts and comments. You need to be bringing her flowers or going for a drive with him. So as you go on this journey, I challenge you to continue on no matter what. Your spouse, if they've been hurt, if they're not in the place to start this, if they're not being encouraged to start this somehow, some way, then all they're living, living with right now is the hurt. But I'm giving you some hope. Hope for what's on the other side of this season. But it's up to you. And I say it's up to you because it's up to you until he or she is ready to be a part of that solution. But you can't do it by yourself. When I asked my husband how he kept doing it day after day for so long and me just shutting him down and turning my back on him, saying some horrible things to him, you know what he told me? He said, I was so busy working on me with God, I didn't even notice that you weren't paying attention. Now, I don't know, I don't, I'm not going to say that's not, that that's going to be the case for you. It's really easy to get discouraged in this. Really easy. So know that it's okay to be discouraged. And that's when you go to the scriptures. And you read about God's unfailing love for us and all the things we've done in the past that he's forgiven. And that's the kind of love we're supposed to have for others, especially our spouse. Read about how you can do all things through Christ who will give you the strength to do it. But you have to seek him. Seek him first and you will be able to persevere in this. And this is, I guess, just my pep talk because I don't know what would have happened if my husband would have stopped. What I know is what Satan meant for evil. God turned around and made it such an amazing and beautiful thing. And our kids who are being destroyed by the garbage we spew at each other before this, the same garbage your kids are hearing you spew at each other now? They now have seen how God has brought us through 
and he knows that his their dad had to sacrifice by loving me when I didn't know how to love him for a long time. And then he saw they got to see when I made the turn. And when we made it together, they got to see us renew our vows at 25 years because we had come through storm after storm after storm, so much of it created by our own hurtful words and our hurtful actions. But we had come through it with Christ. This isn't about my husband being so much better than me. It's not about me. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't have worked unless I would have returned it. It's not about any of that. It's about Christ. He is the example that we look to. He is the example of love that we look to. It is all through the scriptures. If you don't know what Christ's love is like, read your gospels. The gospel of Jesus Christ is so overwhelming how much he loves us. No matter how much we've messed up our lives. No matter how much we've ran away from him. No matter how much we've pretended to be following him. He has forgiven us those things. And he has loved us through them. He has never turned our back, his back on us. No matter how many times we turned ours, our backs on him. And you need to be that right now for your spouse. You need to be the one that will not turn your back. Because they need you. And when they realize how much you have been loving them, they will get to see what Christ's love truly is. So please, I encourage you, I implore you, do not give up. It is time for you to get some skin in the game. Leave sweet notes for your, your spouse. Do something special for them. Encourage them. Tell your wife what a great mother she is. Tell your husband what an amazing provider he is. Whatever you do, don't stop. So as we travel down this journey together, I've already asked you to last week not to say anything negative to your spouse. I'd love to hear how that's went. And this week, I'm going to challenge you to do something special for them. And don't be discouraged if they shoot it down. But I also am going to ask you to continue to say nothing negative to your spouse. If, if your spouse spews words at you, do not return them. Do not return evil for evil.
So you have a challenge this week. Every week I'm going to challenge you a little bit more. So you have a challenge to use only uplifting words with your spouse. And if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. And do something special for them. And be prepared that they may not receive it well. Again, if you have questions for me, if you have comments, I'd love to hear how things are going in this, what your frustrations are. I'm happy to walk you through it. I'm happy to answer questions. You can email me at unfailinglovewithkim at gmail.com. On the Anchor app, you can find a spot where you can click on and leave me a voice message. You can go to anchor.fm, that's anchor.f as in family, m as in marriage, and backslash unfailing love with Kim, and you can leave me a voice message there as well. You can also find me on both Twitter and Facebook at unfailing love with Kim. Send me a message. Let me know. Let me know if you have specific tools that you need me to help you fill your toolbox with. Or if you just need some encouragement, because I will be your cheerleader. I want to be your cheerleader. Because I want to see marriages saved, hearts filled, and lives turned to Christ. So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I ask as, as the listeners who are making changes to their marriage today, that you will be with them and that you will lead and guide them, that you will help close their mouths when it's negative is about to come out, and that you will give them words to uplift their spouse with. I thank you, Father, that you have loved us, that you have loved us constantly, no question. I thank you that you are God in all circumstances and that we can turn to you. You are our rock and you are our salvation. I give you praise and I give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.